Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Francisco L. Borges and the Melville Charitable Trust. Hey, I'm Kyone Wolf, and this is a bonus track of Audacious from our episode about Antiques Roadshow. Eric Hanks recently made his first appearance on the PBS show. He specializes in African-American art, and he's the owner of the renowned M. Hanks Gallery. He's also the host of the podcast Eric's Perspective. It's his conversations with people about the past, present, and future of African-American art. So, first things first, why do people come to him to get stuff appraised? People want to get their art appraised by me for a variety of reasons, So, one of which is to make sure that the uh, collection is properly insured. So that's probably the number one reason. Uh, number two would be uh, in the event they want to donate the artwork to a museum or some other entity that qualifies for that kind of purpose. Uh, yet another reason is if, uh, unfortunately, if someone passes away, uh, the federal government and the state governments want to know the value of the estate. So sometimes that's when I'm called to come in and do the portion of the estate that uh, aren't really and relates to my specialty. So I should probably back up for a second. Plenty of people love art, but not plenty of people get into the appraisal business. How did you get into this? Well, actually, I started as an art dealer first. Uh, I was that for about a year. So I opened my gallery in 1988. And then I realized that a lot of folks were complaining to me that uh, they didn't have the right expert to appraise my category, which is African-American art. So I decided to take some coursework and I later joined the uh, American Society of Appraisers and the Appraisers Association of America. And um, it just kind of went from there. So really, it grew out of a need that was there that wasn't being met. People had works by African-American artists. They needed them appraised, and there was nobody around to appraise them. So it was just filling a need and a gap. Yeah. Are you able, when you see art, especially African-American art, are you able to just, like, enjoy it? Or are you always, like, are your gears always going about what, where's it from? What can I know about it? What can I learn about it? How is it different? What category? How much? is? What's it like in your brain when you see a new piece of art? Well, you know, it all depends. So if obviously somebody's hiring me to do something, I, I switch that switch on and then I analyze the pieces and look at it from that point of view. But if I go to a museum or if I go to a gallery uh, exhibition or something like that, even in my own gallery, sometimes it's just a pleasure to enjoy it without having to analyze it. You know, I often tell people, so I, I teach art appreciation classes too. And one of them is just appreciating art in general not just African-American art, but any art from any person from anywhere. And one of the things I always suggest is to kind of switch that part of your brain off the analytical part. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. I, I still... No, it got us to the top of the food chain. Let's keep it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exa exactly. Exactly. So I encourage that as well as, as a way to access pieces. But I also say just try to, you know, relax and, and enjoy the piece, absorb it. Has there ever been a piece of art... That's crossed your path, and it has taken your breath away. Oh, yes, multiple times uh, I've had that experience. It's been, uh, that's one of the things I like about what I do as a dealer and as an appraiser. I mean, like, I'm there to appraise, and I'm there to look at works to see if 
I want to give a show to the artist or to the uh, person that's bringing the piece in. But uh, at the same time, you know, I'm uh, admiring the pieces if they if they're worth admiring, you know, and it's really kind of cool. It's like a it's like a perk. <laughs> It's like a vitamin or something like that. Well, yeah, um, that too. It's definitely nourishing. Now, I have to imagine that as an appraiser, you deal with people's emotions. You know, they may think they have something really special, not only to them personally and maybe their family legacy, but they think it's going to be worth a lot of money and maybe they're really, really confident about it. And you have to maybe give them some... Difficult news, like it's uh, not what you think and it's not worth anywhere near what you thought. I mean, I think that's half, if not more, the reason why people watch Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> so how do you deliver news like that to people? Well, let me say that that happens for sure. I mean, folks have come into my gallery and I had one person, for example, come in with a piece that had it been uh, a piece by that artist uh, from that period, it would have been worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. As it turned out, it was a fake and it was basically worthless. And it was very difficult. I couldn't tell him anything other than the truth. So I just I explained to him uh, why I came to that conclusion and uh, the sources I consulted and everything. Uh, but he had a very difficult time uh, accepting the information. I think he had already spent the money he thought it was worth other occasions too some people bring in reproductions thinking they're originals that's a common thing and so it's difficult sometimes to tell them but i can't do anything other than tell them that it's unfortunately a reproduction of an original had it been the original it would have been valuable money wise but unfortunately as a reproduction hundreds of dollars maybe is the value <laughs> so it's, it's it's not it's not a pleasant thing to tell people but it's necessary though do you think that doing this work has made you better at breaking hard news to people? Like in a way that being, you know, an oncologist, they probably get better at telling people hard news, right? Or is this in line with just the kind of person you've always been? You've just always been able to break hard news to people. Well, first of all, it's always difficult to break the hard news no matter what. So I have to say that no matter how many times I do it. But again, it's better to tell them the truth than to mislead them into thinking they have something they don't. I think over time, maybe I've gotten better at it. I hope so anyway. Yeah, so too. After all that time, there, there's got to be too a way that you know how to say the words, right? You know, you just land, the, you land it respectfully. and Oh, no, absolutely. And I try to follow the golden rule. You know, I try to present to them the way I would like for it to be presented to me. If I was trying to receive that kind of news, what would, what would make me feel a little better about it anyway? And on the flip side, like when you get to tell somebody this is worth even more than you thought, like that's got to be great for you too, right? Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm getting chill bumps now thinking about those chances that, that I've had where I've delivered very good news. Some people think, oh, gee, this is not worth very much. And then I'm telling them, wow, this is worth a lot. And they're, they're very excited, understandably. So for those who are listening to your voice and thinking, you know, I'm, I'm into art, you know, maybe I went to college for art, but I'm... I'm not sure, like, how, how do I get to be an appraiser? How, how do you get to be an appraiser? How does that work? Is it a straight line? Uh, I don't know if it's a straight line, but I, I can recommend things. I mean, uh, I belong to the Appraisers Association of America, an excellent organization that's been around for a long time. They're based in New York. Anybody interested in becoming an appraiser should uh, check them out, go to their website or give them a call, and they can lay out the path. I know that 
they have courses in conjunction with NYU, and uh, they also offer courses independent of that. But there is a path that you can follow, and the best thing to do if you're interested, and it doesn't matter what your specialty is, if it's in fine art or collectibles, I would highly suggest contacting the Appraisal Association of America in New York. Some of us who have friends who are doctors or lawyers, and inevitably people in those professions will get someone being like, hey, can you look at this mole? They don't realize that you, you have to go through a certain process with these people. Also, you don't want to take advantage of your friends, but they're your friends. Do people ever send you something of theirs and they're like, hey, what do you think, Eric? And they text it to you and, and you're like, man, this is my job. You're just right. Right. Quite a bit of the time, actually. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot. So there's that. And then, of course, I always get the sort of uh, what's the hot tip kind of thing. Who's the who's the hot artist and uh, who should I who should I be looking at from that perspective? So what do you say to that one? <laughs> well, that one, I always tell them, listen, I don't advise you to go that route because I suggest them, listen, the way to do it is to buy what you love because the worst thing that can happen, regardless of the value, monetary value, is that you're stuck with something that you love. So that's that's my standard answer to that whole thing. The hot tip thing, uh, you know, like it's a hot stock or a hot real estate purchase. I always discourage that as an approach to collecting art. If I have something valuable in my house... And I have no idea if it's even worth getting appraised. You know, I don't have any inheritance to, I don't, I don't have any kids. I don't have any, I don't have any of the needs most people have besides curiosity. What should be my first step if I want to get it appraised? Well, it depends on what it is. So if you know what category to put it in, it would be wise probably to consult the Appraisers Association of America, for example. They have a database of, of uh, appraisers and their specialties, even if it's something as general as just something that's not necessarily a work of art, but just part of the household contents, for instance, there's people that specialize in more general approaches. But if it's abstract work from a certain period, you can look it up that way. So the first thing to do is to put it in some sort of category and then maybe contact the Appraisers Association in New York and get a recommendation. You can maybe contact a uh, local museum and find out if they can uh, help you or refer you to someone who could. Well, Eric Hanks, thanks for talking with me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. You can listen to Eric's podcast at ericsperspective.com. And check out the full show that this bonus feature is a companion to. You're already in the podcast feed, so scroll on over to the episode about Antiques Roadshow. And please do leave us a wholehearted review on Apple Podcasts if you can. That helps the unfeeling podcast algorithm gods know to favor our show. Audacious is lovingly produced by me, Jessica Severin Martinez, and Katie Talarski at Connecticut Public Radio in Hartford. We love knowing what's on your mind about, well, anything really. So send us an email, audacious at ctpublic.org. And you can find me on the social medias everywhere, at Kion Wolf. Thanks for listening.